Open your Bibles with me, please, this morning to the book of Galatians. We've taken just a few extra minutes with that, and I'll do my best to, to be brief with this. <laughs> I didn't hear a lot of uh, expectation on that. I said I'd do my best. Galatians chapter 5. Really, I just want to set something up today. Something you and I are going to spend our time looking at, talking about, before the Lord, before the Word on, um, for as long as He would have us look at it. I could see us talking about this for the rest of this year, if He wants to, and beyond. Because we're going to talk about faith. We are going to talk about faith. Because we've got an assignment on this church, and not every church has the same assignment, but we know ours. Ours is to be, like we prayed a moment ago, a local church with a global call that serves our generation all over the world. We serve them with the Word of God, teaching them how to live by faith in this day of grace. The assignment on this church is to, is to serve our generation with the Word, teaching them how to experience a whole life prosperity. Wouldn't you like to prosper not just in one or two areas of your life, but in your whole life? That's prospering spirit, soul, and body. That's prospering not just materially, not just financially. That's prospering from the inside out. That's your relationships prospering. That's your fellowship with God prospering. That's you prospering at work, prospering at home. That's your physical body prospering with life and health coursing through it. Amen? That's prospering in every area of your life. And the Word of God will teach you how to do that. And we also have a responsibility on this church and in this church. And it's not just mine. It's ours collectively to find out from the Word of God how to raise our families in a household of faith. And I got to tell you firsthand, my own personal experience, growing up in a house of faith, it ain't like growing up in every other house on the block. I figured that out like way early on. I figured out life in my house wasn't like life in every other kid's house. And you know, for a while, that's why I like to play at other kids' houses. I just thought, man, we just, we just too different from my friends. I mean, I love this house, but I don't know how they're going to deal with this. Mom, can I go over to their house? And I would, you know, I had a friend that lived on the street behind me and I, my, all through elementary. Hey, I'm going to David's house. And I'd just take off down the block. And I don't know if subconsciously I just thought my friends couldn't handle life in my house uh, because it was that different. And I experienced that when I would, I would go spend time with my friends or I'd see them at school and just hear the conversation. And I'd hear the way my friends would talk and I'd think, man, we don't talk like that. There's, just, there's a difference. Difference in the way we talk, the way we think, the way we approach life. And I think subconsciously some of this stuff was hitting my heart, but man, by the time I got to the end of high school, I knew it all too well. Life in the house of faith is different than life in any other kind of house. And you know what? I'm good with that. I'm good with that. We are different. We just feel so different. We are. There's a reason you feel so different than the rest of this world. It's because you're so different than the rest of this world. Deal with it. Get over it. We're different. And we're going to talk from the scriptures about faith, what it means to live by faith, but I want to take just a couple of minutes this morning. I say a couple of, a few minutes. Couple of is Texan for it could be a while. <laughs> but I do just want to invite you to make two quality decisions this morning. 
And the first one we see here in the book of Galatians chapter 5, look with me in verse 6. I think you've heard this verse before. But the Bible says in Galatians 5, 6, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails, that word avails means produces, it doesn't produce anything, but faith working through love. In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision produces anything, but faith working through love. Give me an opportunity here and, and give me some space to kind of work on this scripture for you a little bit and, and maybe help some things be more clear to you. He's, he gives us a statement in there and he tells us what doesn't work. And we're going to spend some time talking about that in the future. But for today and for the sake of what we need to accomplish today, if that doesn't work, then just for a moment, take it out and read it like this. In Christ Jesus, faith works through love. In Christ Jesus, you might say it like this, faith in Jesus works by love. There's so much that, we could be, that could be said about this, and in time we'll get to all of it. There's major revelation in every word of this scripture. But I want to center in on something this morning. And it's that last part that said, but faith works by love. This version said, working through love. The King James says, worketh through love. We would just use the word works. And like I said, you could, you could spend days and even weeks on every word in this verse and just squeeze revelation out of it. But I want to focus in on two words. Faith works. Faith works. Now, I know it said faith works by love. And yes, we should and will talk about that because faith does work by love. I'll say it to you like this. Your faith will work when you know how much you're loved. That's what makes faith work. Love is what makes faith work. Where there is no revelation of love, there can be no operation of faith. Don't you say that again. Where there is no revelation of love, there can be no operation of faith. Where you don't have a revelation of how much you are loved by God, how are you going to put faith in a God that you think might smite you, might strike you down any minute? But when you know how much you're loved by God, and yes, you know how powerful he is, but when you know he's using all that power for you and not against you, what's that do to faith? Faith comes up. You want to jack your faith up higher than it's ever been? Put your nose in this book and find out how much you're loved. And when you do, faith will rise. And there's a lot that could be said about that. But again, let me come back down to what I want to spend our time looking at, meditating on. Faith works. Faith works. And the first quality decision that I want you and I to come to today is that one right there. I want you to make the decision this morning and make it a decision that you will never change your mind about, that you will never retreat from, that you'll never walk back on. And that is the decision that as far as I'm concerned, and as far as my house is concerned, and the rest of my days on this planet, faith works. Faith in Jesus works. Now, what does that mean? Well, the word works in this scripture 
is the Greek word energeo. It's where we get the word energy or energize. It's saying faith has got some energy in it. And if something doesn't have energy in it, does it work? No. For anything to produce, to be effective, to be operative, it's got to have some energy in it. These bodies have to have some energy in them. That's the only difference between your body and a dead one. Come on, listen to me. The only difference between your body and a dead body buried in the ground is energy. Your body has got energy in it. Now, looking across the crowd, I could stand, I look, it looks like you could stand and have a little more maybe this morning, but I believe you could get a zap of that too. Some energy working in you today. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead will quicken, quicken your mortal body. You can have some energy in you. But that's what this word is, energeo, energy, energized. Faith has energy in it. And the word literally means to put forth power. There is power in faith. And I've come to the realization lately that people, people in church, out of church, saved people, unsaved people, they're all looking for the same thing. You know what people all over the world are looking for? They're looking for what works. Have you noticed this? This is what people are starving for. This is what people will spend day and night scouring the internet in search of. I just want something that works. They want a diet that works. They want an exercise program that works. I want an investment that works. I just want a car that works. They just want something that works. And people are living perpetually frustrated when things aren't working. There is nothing more frustrating in life when you are counting on, depending on something to work, and it doesn't, right? I mean, you got to be at work in 20 minutes, and you got the whole day mapped out, and if you can get out the door at a certain time, you can make it there right on time, and you hop in the car, and you put the key in, and you turn the key, and click, 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 click. It's not working. How frustrating is that, right? You need this thing to work. The rest of the day is counting on this thing working. And when it's not, it's frustrating. And you think, I just want something that works. I want something that works. And people have turned into a full-time profession telling other people what works. We have what's called social media influencers living in our world. A few years ago, those words didn't even make sense together. What is that? But now we've got people whose whole job is to get online and tell millions of people who didn't ask about their day, about what they're eating, about what they're wearing, about what works. People are using their influence to say, oh, you should buy this. Why? Because it works. You should do this with your time. Why? Because it works. You should do this with your body. Why? Because it will work. Do this diet. It works. Look, here was me before. Here was me after. And look, it works. It works. And when somebody thinks they found something that works, they will spend whatever they need to spend. Right? They'll spend whatever time they need to spend looking for it. And when they find it, they'll spend whatever money they need to spend on getting a hold of it. Why? Because, you know, they said it works. People are looking 
for something that works. Well, I've determined that for the rest of my life, I'm going to use whatever God-given influence he decides to give me, and I'm going to let people know, hey, I got something that works. I got something that works. I got something that works. It's called faith. Faith will work. And when somebody's got a problem, when somebody says, man, I just don't know what to do. My, my marriage is falling apart and there's just strife in my home. You think, oh, well, hold on. I got something that works really good on that. Yes. Oh, my finances are in a mess and I don't know what we're going to do. Hey, wait a second. I know something that really works well on that. Huh? I've got this pain in my body or I got this diagnosis from the doctor and they said, I've only got this amount of time. Oh, well, check it out. I, I, hold on. I got it right here. It, and this thing works. Where is that? This thing really, really works. I got to give you this. We're going to have to be that convinced in our lives that faith works. It's got power in it. It's got energy in it. It's active to change things. Faith will work. Can you say it with me? Faith works. Look at your neighbor. Tell them faith works. And you're going to have to be just like those influencers who get all excited to tell somebody when they found something that works. And this is what we do. This isn't new. This isn't just a social media thing. People have been like this forever. People like knowing what works and they like telling people about what works. Oh, I can't get this stain out. Ooh, I know what'll work on that. You need lemon juice and sparkling water and the hair from a pig's tail and that'll get that right out. People love when they find something that works. Well, we have found something that works. Tell me church, what works? Faith works. Faith works. Faith can get stains out, sin stains that nothing else could get out. Ooh, I got something that works really good on that. Faith in Jesus works. It works. So that's the first decision we're making together today. And I want you to get that so solid in your life that from this day forward, until you either go by the way of the grave or Jesus comes back and gets us. As far as you're concerned in your life, faith works. Why would we have to be that emphatic about it? Because one of Satan's favorite things to whisper in the ear of a believer is what? Guess what it is? It's not working. This isn't working. What you're doing is not working. You believe this stuff, but it's not working. Oh, that preacher said it would work, but it's not working. It's not working. This is one of his favorite things to tell the child of God. It's not working. It's not working. It's not working. And with that comes pressure to quit. To quit believing, to quit standing, to quit sowing, to quit speaking, to quit praying, to quit reading, to quit your family, to quit your church family. The pressure behind him telling you it's not working is the pressure to try to get you to bail out on God try to get you to stop trusting God. And that, my friend, is the greatest, biggest temptation any of us will ever face. The greatest temptation you ever face is not the temptation to lie, to cheat, to steal, to break a law. That's not the biggest temptation you will ever face. The biggest temptation you will ever be faced with from your enemy is the temptation to stop trusting God. And that's what he's after. He's after your faith. Satan comes immediately to steal the word. He comes immediately to try to rob you of your faith, to convince you what? It's not working. But that's not going to work on us, is it? 
Come on, that's not working on us anymore. As far as we're concerned, as far as this house is concerned, this house of faith, for us, faith works. I don't care what I see. I don't care what I feel. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the news says. I don't care what the bottom line of the bank report says. As far as I'm concerned, this stuff works. Forgive me if I get a little fired up about it this morning. Faith works. Make that decision that as far as your household is concerned, husbands, wives, make that decision together today. Lead your family in that starting today. We are a house of faith. From this day forward, I'm talking about your house. Whatever your address is on whatever street in this city you live on, your house is a house of faith. I don't care if every other house on the block is a doubting house, an unbelieving house, an ungodly house, an unholy house. Your house is a house of faith. And in that house of faith, the bottom line is faith works. And we walk by faith, get a little ahead of myself here, but we walk by faith in every situation, in the face of every circumstance, in the face of any and every need, whether it's spiritual, physical, financial, relational, faith will work on that. Can you make that decision today? Faith works. Now go with me to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 1. What's the first decision we've made together today? Number one, faith works. Romans chapter 1. It used to be in here. There it is. Look down around verse 16 with me. Romans 1, 16. Paul, writing by the Spirit of God, said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. You could say everyone who has faith. That's what it is to believe. The gospel is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. Verse 17. For in it, in what? The gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The number one decision we're coming to this morning that we are settling now and forever is that faith in Jesus works. There was enough, enough power in that faith, enough energy, inner geo working in my faith when I called Jesus the Lord of my life. There was enough energy in that to save me from hell in eternity. That's power. To raise me from spiritual death to spiritual life. Faith did that. Well, I thought God did it. Yes, faith in God did that. Faith in Jesus, faith in the word 
had enough energy working in it to not only raise you up from death to life, but to bring you from where you were in the kingdom of darkness and bring you into the kingdom of light and to give you a place in God's kingdom. There was enough energeo, faith, operative energy to do all that, to open your blind eyes. Faith works. There's also enough energy in it to fix whatever's going on in your physical body that's not right. There's enough power in it to do that. Faith will work. The second decision I want you to make this morning, and you make it now and for the rest of your life, I'm going to walk by faith. I will walk by faith. The words he used here in this verse, the just shall live by faith. That phrase appears in the scriptures over and over and over again. Old Testament and new. The just shall live by faith. Well, what is it to be just? Well, just back up again. And what did he say here? In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Now, if you were in church with us, over these past number of weeks, we talked at great length about the righteousness of God and what it means to be the righteousness of God. That, that means to be right in the sight of God. And we went over and over and over for week after week after week. If you missed any of that, I encourage you to go back and listen to it again. That is foundational to who and what we are. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. That's what's right with you right now. That's what's right with you. Well, I got this wrong with me and that wrong with me and the other wrong with my marriage and my family and my finance and my job. Stop focusing on what's wrong with you. Find out what's right with you. And what's right with you is that you've been made right in the sight of God. Well, how did we find that out? He told you. The gospel revealed that to you. And that's why I said, I'm not ashamed of this. I am not ashamed of this gospel. Why? Because there's power in it. There's energeo in it. There's some energy in this, in this gospel. These are not just printed words on a page. That book you hold in your lap, it is the very word of God. It is inspired by God himself, and it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. And it's sharp. It's quick, sharp, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. That's what that book is. And in it is revealed righteousness. It's you and I being made right in the sight of God. Glory to God. But the scripture tells us, he reveals that to us from faith to faith. Verse 17 again. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just that is the same thing as saying to be made right, to be made righteous, the just. The opposite of being just or justified is to be condemned. To be condemned, we, I think we've, we've lost some of the weightiness of what, what it really means to be condemned. We think of no condemnation in Christ, and that's good, but I think some of us think of it as, you know, I don't, I don't have any guilty feelings anymore. No condemnation, no guilty feelings. Condemnation is way deeper than guilty feelings. It's a death sentence. Condemnation is to be condemned by a judge 
to die. And that is what there's none of in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation in Christ. We've been justified. So the guilty get condemned. The innocent get justified. That's us. We've been declared innocent. Well, how did, how did we get declared innocent? Because, I mean, I know what I've done and you know what you've done and we're, we're all too aware of the sin and the mistake and all, all the things that we've done. Lord, I'm anything but innocent. Not if he says you're innocent. If he says you're innocent, you're innocent. How did you receive that? By? By? Faith. Faith did that. Well, I thought God did it. Yes, faith in God justified you, made you innocent, right in the sight of God. But notice what he said. It doesn't just reveal how this, this life in him starts. He said, that's the way you walk. The just shall live by this stuff. The same faith that saved you and started your life in Christ is the faith that God intends and expects for you and I to walk in every single day of our lives. And that's a different walk. It's a different way of walking than the way the rest of this world walks. I don't know if you found that out yet, but the life of faith is a very different life. The rest of this world walks by what they see, by what they feel, by what they can rationalize. That's not the way you and I walk in this life. We walk by faith. Amen. So our two decisions this morning, number one, we have decided and we've settled forever. Faith works. And number two, I'm going to walk by it. I will walk the rest of my days on this earth by faith and not by sight. I'm going to walk by trusting God. I'm going to walk by looking to his word, believing his word, being a doer of his word. And that's a different way of living. That's a different way of walking. Thank you, Lord. Let me add just one thing to this before we wrap it up. Back at verse 16, Paul started this thought by saying, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Is there anybody that would raise a hand and say, me too, Paul? <laughs> me too. I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of this gospel that saved me. I'm not ashamed of it. Why? Because there's power. There's energy in it. Why would I be ashamed of something that works so good? I think that's what I'm trying to get at today. When you find what works, you tell people what works. But Paul said, I'm not ashamed of it. Now, it's easy to raise a hand in here, in church, in a room full of people you know, think like you, believe like you, same crazy group of people you've been a part of for a while now. And it's easy to raise a hand in here and say, yeah, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. But how do you know? Is there some kind of test that you can take to find out whether you are or are not ashamed of the gospel? Well, think back with me several weeks ago, probably months ago now, when we first started talking about righteousness. 
Do you remember when I asked you this question? How do you know you believe it? How do you really know that you believe you are the righteousness of God in Christ and it's not just something you're saying? You actually believe it. Well, there would be fruit. There would be results. And one of the key things we looked at from the scriptures that told us, here's how you know you believe that you're righteous. The Bible said the righteous are as bold as a lion. Boldness. Boldness is an indicator that you believe you are right with God. Boldness, one of the key indicators of it, is speaking. The word itself literally means unreservedness of speech. So boldness is indicated by speaking and speaking up. It makes me think of when the religious leaders arrested Peter and John for preaching in the name of Jesus. This is Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 4. And there was so much, check this out, energy. So much energeo, energy in their words of faith. When they said to a lame man, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have you, what I do have, I give to you. What's he saying? Hey, I know what'll work. Oh, you hadn't walked in 40 years? I got something that works real good on that. You've been lame from birth? That's a long time to be lame. I got something that works real good on being lame. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And energy hit that body. The life force of God, faith, faith, hit that body. And you talk about supernatural acceleration. He went from lame to walking, leaping, and praising God in an instant. That's power, that's energy. And it made the religious people so mad that they arrested them and they threatened them. They said, don't go preaching anymore in that name. They said, shut up, stop it. Stop talking about him, stop preaching him, stop preaching resurrection, we don't wanna hear any more about it. You know what Peter said? He said, check this out, whether or not it is right in the sight of God to listen to you or to listen to him, you judge. It's righteousness. This is righteousness. And then he said, but we cannot help but speak of the things that we've seen, the things that we've heard. And they threatened them. They threatened them with their livelihoods and they sent them away. And you know what these guys prayed? They got together and they said, Lord, look on their threats and give us more boldness. Not, Lord, look on their threats and, and try to protect us from them. Not, no, no, no. Lord, look on their threats and give us boldness that we might boldly speak of what you've done. Speak of Jesus. Speak of the resurrection. What does boldness do? It speaks. So what do you think shame does? Is shame speaking? No. If boldness speaks up, what does shame do? shuts up. Shame is quiet. Being ashamed is to be quiet. Shame and silence go hand in hand. Boldness and speaking go hand in hand. Shame and being quiet 
Go hand in hand. And that's why, if you back up just a verse, you know what Paul said? Verse 15. So, as much as is in me, I'm ready to preach. Come on, I'm ready to preach, he said. Well, you don't preach silently. Words have to come out of your mouth for you to preach. And he said, I'm ready to preach. What, what is he ready to preach? I'm ready to preach the gospel to you. I'm ready to let some words come out of my mouth. I'm ready to speak and speak in faith. You're not ashamed. You're not scared of what they might say, what they might do. No, I'm not ashamed. I'm ready to die for this thing. Oh. Have you figured out yet that in 2023, what you and I believe is not very fashionable? It's not in the stuff that you and I believe. And now we live in a culture that is looking for somebody, hunting down people who say things they don't like. And when they hear somebody say something that they don't like, they cancel. Familiar with this phraseology now? They get canceled. And the enemy is working overtime to create a culture where you and I are afraid to speak. He's trying so hard right now to create an environment that makes you afraid to speak up in it. But that's what shame does. Shame draws back in silence. But boldness steps up and will speak. Now, when we've, re we've read this scripture, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God to salvation. We've, we tend to limit that to, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed of telling somebody about Jesus. And that's a good thing. Because how many times we've all been there, we've all been guilty of it, when you've been out in a public space or, or you, you come across somebody and you get that, that witness on the inside, witness to them. Tell them about me. Share my love with them. And as soon as you hear that, all these thoughts, I don't know what they're going to think. What are they going to think about me? They're going to think that's weird. And in response to that leading to speak, too many people are drawn back in silence. Or how many times have we seen somebody in a public space and they're visibly, physically disabled, whatever, whatever it is. Maybe they've got a crutch or they're in a chair or, or, or something and the Spirit of God rises up on the inside of you and says, I want you to go lay hands. Go pray with them. Go tell them I, I, I took stripes on my back for their healing. I, I don't know. Really? Is that really my thing? I'm not sure. Boldness will step up and speak. Shame will draw back in silence. And we've thought of that as, you know, that's what this scripture is talking about. Either you speak up and witness or you don't and you're ashamed of the gospel. That's a part of it. But listen to me. Satan, your enemy, like I've already said, is working so hard to get you to shut up. Why? Because he knows your miracle is in your mouth. He knows that. And it's not just about you either witnessing or not witnessing to somebody. It's about you being bold to lay claim by faith on the promises of God. 
It's about you being bold to take not just the first step of your Christian walk in faith, but every step of your walk in faith. I'm not ashamed of this gospel. And because I'm not ashamed of this gospel, I'm going to say something. I'm going to talk. I'm going to let it come out of my mouth. Amen. So these are the two decisions you and I are coming to today. Number one, what's the first one? Help me out. In this house, what do we believe? We believe faith works. And number two, we're going to walk by it. Every step we take in life, in our families, in our ministries, in our finances, on our jobs, in our businesses, every step be a step of faith. And so often that faith starts with what's coming out of your mouth. What's coming out of your mouth. If you were with us a couple of weeks ago, I played that message for you from Brother Keith Moore from the Southwest Believers Convention. It's online, it's free. If you didn't hear it, you need to. But the scripture's very clear to us. Say this, don't say that. Set a guard over your lips. Don't let unbelief come out of your mouth because your miracle is in your mouth. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, there are several ways for you to contact us. Feel free to give us a call at 817-577-0180. You can also contact us through the Legacy Studios app or either of our websites. Giving options are available online at pearsonsministries.com and legacychurch.family. If you prefer, you can also text an offering. Simply text LEGACY in any dollar amount to the number 28950 and follow the prompts. Be blessed today. We love you. And remember, you are always welcome here in the house of faith.